This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. from Studio 6B on a Monday night. Real America's voice, 8 p.m. on the East Coast. Glad you're in. Slick Rick sitting right there. Paul Nolan sitting right there. Going to do some news. Lots to get to on a Monday night. Glad you're in. Glad you're part of the show. Slick Rick, how are you? I'm doing great, Big D. Bad, big weekend, championship weekend, but it was a split. It's okay. We'll talk about that as well. Slick Rick will have some sports coming up. Mr. Nolan, I like that We the People shirt. How are you? <laughs> what's going I'm on good, man i'm good I'm, I'm happy like you know I'm, I'm i'm happy by you know i spend a lot of time studying football and i go into the minutia and uh, i'm just so happy i get some time to really dig in um get back to being a you know productive member of your team and uh the audience you know i love them i love them just happy to be here and uh i think uh the paper is going to be the guy who lands on the moon next okay <laughs> we can talk about that. Lots of talk. there's lots to talk about in the I'd world like of politics. Some, yeah, I'd like to talk some nuance about the the pape thing. We have time somewhere in here because you weren't on on Friday when we talked about it. Yeah, if we, only if we have time, I'd like to have a little bit of a nuanced discussion about, and not just the what I would have done, like we were trying to talk about a little beforehand. I'm curious more about how the mainstream media and the right-wing online media frames, which are a lot of psyops going on, and there is controlled disinformation out there, and it's real. It's it's Operation Mockingbird is real. It's used differently now, and I just wouldn't mind having a discussion somewhere along the way about how we have to keep our emotions in check. We can't be married to our opinions, um, and we have to, as more information comes, be capable and, and able of simply saying, Wow, uh, that's a new way to look at it. New information has come. I've changed my position on this. And there's it's no threat to your ego when you say, hey, I was wrong in my original opinion. I, I, I see better and more clearly now. And it's the best way to get to the truth. Uh, you know, when two forces are pushing, you know, you're getting resistance from one place. You know, you're most likely to get, get the truth. So don't take it personal if there's resistance to your belief system. It's, it's a, in my opinion, it's just a great way for us to, you know, grow and get better and understand really what happened because the truth is all that matters. Our egos are, are secondary here. Yeah. Um, if we have time, we'll get back into it. There's still a lot of a lot of questions. A lot of questions. We said on Friday this wasn't going to put some things to bed, I think, but probably a lot of questions still left out there. 
Um, I have a video tomorrow morning coming out on Nancy and Paul Pelosi on our social media. Make sure you follow us at LFS6B on all our social media. But tonight I'm going to start with um, this footage um, of this encounter between the cops in Memphis and this kid who they killed uh, broke Friday night. And I didn't get a chance to see it till after the show. But um, I've seen a lot of things over the weekend. And um, stupidity is, reigns the day still on most of the things I've seen on this. Um, but the thing I want to focus on is Joe Biden and the Democrat Party tonight. Because I hear that Joe Biden is going to invite his parents to the State of the Union. And Joe Biden has exploited minorities, race, racial events for his entire career, always has, as has his party for as long as any of us can remember. And he's inviting his parents to the State of the Union, and Joe Biden and the Democrats portray themselves and and will try to continue to portray themselves as the only people and the only political party that somehow cares uh, for the needs of minorities. And we've had these discussions with people like Diamond and Silk. And, uh, of course, the greatest discussion we've had on any of this was with the great Walter E. Williams. And as I say that, I think men, both of those parties have, at least, well, Diamond and Walter E. Williams have now passed on. And that's sad within itself. But Joe Biden and the Democrats position themselves as somehow they're uniquely positioned or uniquely qualified to help minorities all the time. And they try to take advantage of these situations like this. When in reality, when you look at all of these major democratic cities, and you look at how minorities have fared under democratic party rule, um, it's been nothing but a disaster. Long-term economic conditions have worsened. Um, They've destroyed the black family social conditions under which they live. And you can go through all of the blue cities to use as perfect examples and start no farther than Chicago. The blueprint, case study for effects of Democratic one-party, iron-fisted, top-down rule is Chicago. Chicago went from a city that provided great opportunities for minorities to being a place that's mostly segregated and oppressive. So when we see Joe Biden on next Tuesday night, which by the way, we're going to talk about the coverage on Real America's Voice next Tuesday night. It's going to be fantastic. Joe Biden has exploited race his entire career and, and, and has exposed and, and has exploited minorities his entire career, as has his party. So I'm not, I don't, it's fine that he's inviting them there. But um, there's always underlying motives for Joe Joe Biden when it comes to these kind of issues, as as there is for his party. And And, um, I'm reminded of an early article about this exact issue. And specifically about Chicago, from Michael Bargo. And he says, from the beginning of Chicago, it provided opportunity for blacks. 
The first non-Native American settler in the area was a Haitian. Chicago never had slavery. It had an early abolitionist movement. It showcased Abraham Lincoln, who freed the slaves, in debates with Stephen Douglas. The most prominent black magazines, Ebony and Jet, were founded in Chicago. They celebrated black culture and fashion. Oprah Winfrey became a billionaire, anchoring her TV show in the city of Chicago. When blacks first moved to Chicago during World War I and the Great Migration North, they wore black armbands in memory of Lincoln. And they voted for Republicans, the party of Lincoln. But soon the black attitude towards Republicans changed. By 1920, thousands of blacks worked in Chicago and the city and county jobs. But when Anton Cermak was elected mayor, he fired all the blacks and rehired only black Democrats. Black residents were funneled by the Chicago Democratic machine into highly segregated black-only neighborhoods. This segregation and racism has lasted 100 years and persists to this day. The The 2000 census found that for Chicago to be integrated now, 90% of blacks would have to move would have to move. And remarkably, of the 10 poorest census tracts in the entire United States, nine of them were located in Chicago's, Chicago's black congressional districts of black congressmen, then Bobby Rush and Jesse Jackson Jr. When Jesse Jackson Jr. resigned his congressional seat, Democrats said he must be replaced by another minority. This could serve no other purpose than to preserve democratic power and maintain the segregationist status quo. Nothing has improved for black residents in these segregated areas, even with the assistance of black politicians of their own race, who campaign that they will improve things. The Chicago public school system is so bad that it has one of the shortest schools, school days of any major city. This holds back the poor of all ethnic groups from excelling in academics and moving out of the city. Racial segregation in Chicago, promoted by Democrats, is a very effective means of exploiting the poor. Since it keeps them from obtaining good-paying jobs, deprives them of any benefit from public education, and ensures that lack of opportunity forces young black men into lives of gang membership and crime. Today, one out of every 10 black men in their 20s is in prison. This does not mean that one in every 10 has ever been in prison, but that they are in prison all at once. All of these failures are great spiritual and emotional tragedies for the black families involved. Black families did not suffer these high rates of single motherhood and crime until they were encouraged to go north into cities controlled by the Democrat Party. It is a very tragic episode in the history of blacks in the United States. Fortunately, blacks are realizing that it is the segregated urban environment that is the root cause of all these problems, and many now are leaving the north of Chicago. Anyone who firmly rejects this conclusion that blacks have fared worse under democratic rule needs to consider the corollary. Imagine that Chicago and all other cities with black ghettos have been run by Republicans and that blacks suffered the same high rates of unemployment, single motherhood, poverty, and crime that they do today. Then imagine that these cities were taken over by Democratic politicians and these social indicators were reversed. The high school dropout rate greatly improved 
that only 20% of blacks were born to single mothers instead of the 70% we see today, and that the murder rates in the black areas greatly declined. Only then would it be reasonable to conclude that Democrats helped the black community. It is true that blacks have been oppressed by whites in the history of America, but it is more accurate to say that blacks have suffered under the Democrats in America. Those thoughts led Louisiana State Senator Guillory to quit the Democratic Party and become a Republican in 2013. And while Barack Obama ran on the optimistic slogans of Yes, We Can and Hope and Change during his first term, black unemployment and food stamps rose to all-time highs. The Democratic Party continues to enjoy the support of black voters, and the support is only possible because Democrats are never held accountable for the oppressive social conditions, poverty, and high unemployment suffered by minorities under their rule. So, I wanted to start with that because I see Biden out there. He's going to make a big, you know, he's going to invite his parents, and I can imagine, and what we saw on that tape was horrendous. They rolled up on this kid like a gang. Terrible. We watched a murder. We watched exactly cold-blooded right. murder. We watched Awful. cold-blooded animals murder an innocent person. And like they're charged with second-degree murder, and a jury there is going to find them guilty, and they're going to spend the better part, of their, better part of their lives, I would assume, now in jail. Shame of it is, it's just, shame of it is, it's, it just, it just sullies all the great men and women who are so brave and get it on the front lines. They have a responsibility to be better than that. And it's just so it's just so disappointing. We hold them to a higher standard. And that was as low as it can get. I mean, that is just rock bottom. And Joe Biden and his party and the Democrat media and his surrogates in the media are out there telling us that it's white supremacy and it's everything else the reason. Yeah. Racism is the reason. Van Jones. Racism yeah, okay. is the reason still. Yeah. Can you just I'm, I'm sorry, I'm just a little confused. Uh Oh, okay, it's not the oppressive nature of inner cities and the the poverty stricken that that the hopeless and you don't have a bias towards those people because because of their hopelessness that they can't get out of on the democratic rule. The system is so beyond gone to blame it on racism is just such a cop out when it really comes down to these people want these poor people poorer than ever. All right, just getting started on a Monday night. Lots to get into. We'll do some sports. We'll recap the weekend. And uh, we'll get into a whole bunch of other things. Glad you're a part of the show on a Monday night. Live from Studio 6B, we're back right after this. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Studio 6P, 17 past the hour on a Monday night. Just getting the week started. Glad you're in. Lots to do. Lots to get to. 
Paul Nolan's going to do some news. Rick Delgado's going to do a What Even Is That Tonight? Special Monday night edition that we didn't get to on Friday. And Slick Rick's going to do sports right now. Sports is brought to you by our friend Mike Lindell, who today released MyPillow 2.0. 2.0, MyPillow 2.0, brand nice. new pillow with temperature regulating technology. Whatever the hell that means. Keep that pillow cool, baby. That's what it means. That means you as cool as the other side mm. of your pillow. Yeah, now you're on, now you cool on both sides. Wow. You didn't have to flip it. So, Man, uh, my, my pillow, favorite expression. Yeah, my Gold pillow. Thomas t- said to me once. <laughs> sorry, buddy. Go. I'm my sorry. pillow 2.0 available right now. Use our code LFS6B at checkout if you're going to get someone one of those for Valentine's Day and say, "Here you go, baby. Come on, get a good night's sleep." Uh, Slick Rick, what's going on in sports? Happy Valentine's Day. There we go. We have, let's get right to the rodeo. We got NFL, but we'll get that in a minute. Fort Worth Stock Show and Rodeo. Beautiful Fort Worth, Texas. Love that area. Uh, Dickey's Arena and, of course, Texas. Well, we got Bear Back Riding. We're all the way in bracket six. And uh, first round, Bodie Lammers. 85 points on Calgary Stampedes. Cafe or Coffee Express. Love that name. Steer Wrestling. We got Cody Harmon, four and a half seconds. Team Roping. Let's go with, uh, let's see, we got uh, Cody Snow and Wesley Thorpe, five seconds flat. That's a great score. Saddle Bronc riding. Leighton Green, 89 points on, uh, for 89 points, 1760. Tie down roping. Again, bracket six. Ty Harris, 8.4 seconds. Of course, you know I love the barrel racing. I always say that. Paige Jones, 16 and a half seconds. Great score. And last but not least, of course, the big guys, the bull riding. Bracket six. TJ Gray, 89 half points on Raft. The G Rodeos. Hercules, 2420 Smackaroos. $959,000 payout on this rodeo, Big D. Come on, you gotta get fired up for the rodeo down in Texas in Dickey's Arena. Come on, Big D, you gotta go down there, you and I. And let's get to the Big NFL. Dickey's Arena. There you go, buddy. Well, let's talk about the NFL Championship Sunday. Great weekend. The first game was a dud, but the second game was pretty entertaining. First game, we had the uh, the Eagles and the Niners. Lincoln Financial Field, 3 p.m. kickoff. Oh, the president's wife, the first lady was in attendance, so that was exciting. <laughs> the good doctor. <laughs> the good doctor in the house, oh, absolutely. God. Well, I'll tell you, Brock Purdy needed a good doctor because well, he got a UCL on his elbow and unfortunately, those poor 49ers, they, not, they didn't go through one quarterback, not two, not three. The fourth stringer even got hurt. He got a concussion, got knocked out of the game. Brock came in like a, like, like a trooper that he was. Great young man. Really like him. He's got a great upside to his career, but I'll tell you, the Eagles, they were just too much, too tough. Uh, that offense was moving good yesterday with Jalen Hurts, like the Eagles, they're looking real good. 31-7. to I did good in that game. I had the Eagles and I had the under, so I came in good. But then let's go to the 6-30 game out at Arrowhead, Kansas City. It was wild, Big D. Good game. Um, I, I gotta tell you that Patrick Mahomes, as always, pulls the rabbit out of his hat, pulls the game off. Uh, Travis Kelsey looked fantastic as well. Uh, just a tough game. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I thought that uh, Burrow was gonna drive him down the field at the end there, Big D. Now, there's some conspiracy going on with this game. Some folks are saying that the, the referees could have been a fix, but, you know, I'm not one to subscribe to that. But uh, I know I'm not going there. I just said I'm not there. You don't even sit, ne- you don't even sit next to Delgado. Well, no, Delgado, so. I want to fill his seat now. No, but there was some, I tell you, I scratched my head on some of those plays too, Big D. I was saying to myself, man, I don't know. A couple of calls there uh, were very questionable. However, uh, Kansas City won fair and square. And let's be frank, the two number one teams all year, wire to wire, were the Eagles and the Chiefs. They were the top teams in the league. And, you know, that's what happened. That's what vetted 
it out. So I got time for one story. You want to move it? I got. No, you got plenty of time. Okay, well let's get to this. Patrick Mahomes achieves a record-setting feat with AFC Championship victory. Chalina Goldman, yard barker. Patrick Mahomes did more than just get his team back to the Super Bowl with a win against the Cincinnati Bengals on Championship weekend. With the victory at Arrowhead on Sunday, the Kansas City Chiefs play caller also notched his tenth career playoff NFL win, the most by any player before the age of 28. Mahomes completed 29 of 43 passes for 326 yards and two TDs in Kansas City's 23-20 win. Um, and uh, DraftKings right now lists the Chiefs as plus 110 underdogs against the uh, Philadelphia Eagles in Super Bowl 57. So we'll see what happens with that. And uh, Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes will be the first black quarterbacks to start an NFL Super Bowl. So speaking about so, the blacks, it's, a, it's amazing. I think that's a really so, great, excuse me? I think so. They're just guys. I don't, it's always about race, always. I'm just, it's about history, Paul, for me, and that's why I said it. So that's it. It's a historic moment, and uh, we'll see how that goes. Some other good under, under stories. There'll be a lot of stories to this. Of course, Travis Kelsey playing against his brother from the Eagles. That'll be a lot of fun. And anyway, big day. That's a wrap in sports. Back mm-hmm. to you. I wasn't wasn't knocking you, Slick Rick. I'm just saying, it's the story that dominated the news all day on sports radio. It's like Mahomes is is what mom's white. So, I mean, isn't he just a guy? I don't, you know, I'm just tired of it all. It's just everything's race related. I'm, I guess it's worn me down. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest, Paul. I heard it this morning. Someone said it that way on TV. The first two black, and I was thinking, I was thinking the same thing. Like, how about they're the two most proficient and best and God-given talent and that's the best of what they're the best of what they do that's why they're there why does it why does it immediately have to be about race of course because that's what dominates that's what so dominates the news cycle it's just so frustrating to constantly have to be inundated with it it's it couldn't escape it today no matter what you, if god forbid you put on ESPN it's completely unlistenable you yeah. know it's you know it's this is uh this is our comeuppance and we've been a pre- okay okay and I'm a bad person. What did you uh, What did you think of the uh, the referees in the second game? I honestly thought it, it really looked to me, you know, it was terrible. They, the ticky tacky calls that could have went. For example, you can call a holding on just about every single play in the NFL, and yeah. the fact they called some holding calls when they could have called holding calls the other way, the exact same level of, of hold. You know, these you know the refs looked like they were really trying to be on on screen. I, I was, I was a little frustrated by it, but you know, in fantasy, I had uh, the Bengals plus two uh, and I had them to win the Super Bowl at a nice, at nice long odds. So, you know, I was clearly rooting for the Bengals, uh, but I'm a Mahomes guy. I just, he's amazing. He's he truly is. stunning. His arm talent is unlike anything I've ever seen. It's just, he's truly astounding. He's just any great kid and yep. yeah. model citizen. And, Seemingly. Yeah. Uh, Super. But uh, I, I thought the whole weekend was a dud. The, I thought the, I thought the Eagle game was a, a, just a mess. Um, Purdy going down took some of the drama out of it. I bet the Eagles big. Um, I had them to win the Super Bowl too, so I was really primed to have my two uh, to meet in the playoffs, which is always nice because you can't lose. Um, but boy, I, did you did you feel like we were gypped on great football? I feel like we were gypped in the first game. I mean, I know it's a tough position for what's his for the coach, but I, I didn't understand why. Why you put Purdy back in if you know he's not going to? There's got to be someone else on the team who you missed, maybe used to play quarterback. Christian I mean, McCaffrey, I know, right? Yeah, I mean, just yeah, somebody who can. McCaffrey, you put put the the radio in McCaffrey's helmet, let him run Wildcat, and just see what they could do from there. I mean, exactly. at that point, yeah, Something. McCaffrey would be a good call. McCaffrey. As far as the second game goes, I'm kind of with you. I mean, I thought the refs were bad, but I didn't think they were like so much worse than normal games that I watch. I've always I've said the refs are ruining football for years. I've said that, especially in college. So I don't think it was that much worse than what I normally see. What I what I thought was really abysmal, 
And I feel bad for the 22-year-old kid, you know, who's sitting on the bench weeping yeah. after the penalty. Oof. And it's just a hustle play gone bad, obviously. But, and, and, you know, and he's got to be smarter. But, man, I tell you, the, the play calling track, of his right? head coach leading up to that, that last drive to give the ball back to Kansas City on the first and – First and 10 from the 47, almost midfield. They go bombs away, incomplete. Second and 10, bombs away again, intercepted. Like, what, like what is especially, that play calling? Especially because they were getting those those screens and the zone blocking runs going. I mean, they were getting those little quick screens out to the out, and they were getting three, five, six, seven yards. And they were, you know, once they established that, they, they, how they didn't stay with it was beyond me. They could have kept the clock moving. They could have had the last possession and won that game. Yeah. Well, let's see what the audience thinks. Now we got our matchup, Philly. And, they, think um, they think it's fixed. They think it's fixed. I've seen like seven people write NFL fixed. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So well, hashtag, I, was, I was talking hashtag. more about who's going to win the next. Who's going to win the Super Bowl? So Philly, Kansas City. I want to see who the audience uh, comes down on. Yeah, they're going to come down with Kansas City, Philly, and Kansas, or Kansas City. So well, yeah, we don't yeah, know that. We'll have to I see. So, so. Um, all right, Slick Rick will do some more sports. Paul will do news when we get back. Rick Delgado is going to do what even is that top of the hour. Plus, we'll get into some other things. Did you guys know a majority of voters, including Democrats, believe Joe Biden's mishandling of classified documents is a scandal? Oh, yes, they do. We'll talk about that. Miranda Devine today in the New York Post. Lots to get into live from Studio 6B on a Monday. hour live from studio 6b on a monday night glad you're in slick rick's gonna do some more sports paul nolan's gonna do news rick delgado's here yeah he's gonna do what even is that top of the hour how are you i'm good i think the nfl is fixed but that's just me oh of course that's laughable (laughs) i'm just kidding what a surprise i heard it coming in i thought it'd be funny how was your weekend (laughs) it was uh it was all right how about you guys uh it was good it was good we talked about the games we talked about joe biden and this party Taking advantage of race whenever possible. That Biden really oh, yeah. is stupid. We talked about that too. Well, that, that's just a given. Wait, what? Just Joe? What'd you say? That Biden really is stupid. Yeah. Nobody says, uh, you know, I've done, uh, I've done stupid things before, and I'll do stupid things again. And lo and behold, he doesn't disappoint. No, no. he doesn't. Never. So, Never. Um, but no, good weekend. So. How was the game tonight? Uh, the game was uh, tight, but it ended up being an L. Oh. Yeah, it's tough. Uh. It, was a t- it was a winnable game. Happens. The kid was shooting oh for everything in the first half, but he came back in the second, did well. But uh, all right, I think the refs. I think it was fixed. Yeah, yeah clearly sounds that way. <laughs> <laughs> clearly sounds that way. Right. Refs then, forgot to call if, holding. If that rep is viable, then you know what? You might have come with a thicker wallet next time. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's do some news here. 31 past the hour on a Monday. Real America's Voice live from Studio 6B. And here with the news brought to you by Early Treatment Meds. Earlytreatmentmeds.com. You're looking for ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine or um, flu- fluvoxamine or Tamiflu. They've got great stuff for anything that you could be facing over the winter. Uh, earlytreatmentmeds.com, our LFS6B code to get you 10% off. What's going on, Paul Nolan? 
So I wanted to get to this one uh, last week. Um, yeah, sorry, uh, GRH. I made it four days in a row. Couldn't make it Friday. You know, I had to go to a wake. You know, I'm such an, so selfish of my buddy's dad to pass. So I'm sorry I disappointed you. Um, but uh, uh, so this is crazy, man. Look, check this out. 60 Minutes is nailed. Uh, drug maker paid for news story on CBS 60 Minutes as the doctor group alleges. This is um, really interesting. A 13-minute segment on a recent episode of 60 Minutes appeared to be a news story on Novo Nordic's weight loss drug, uh, but it was actually sponsored promotion violating federal regulations, according to the nonprofit Public Health Advocacy Organization and Commission's Physicians Committee. Boy, that's a mouthful. Uh, the group filed a complaint with the Food and Drug Administration last week, arguing that the segment, which aired on January 1st, violates the FDA's fair balance requirement. The law requires that drug advertisements give a fair balance to the to the drug's risks and benefits. But the Physicians yep. uh, Committee claims that 60 Minutes received advertising payments from Novo Nordisk prior to the coverage and that they aired the segment only included experts who have been paid by Novo Nordics. The segment lauded uh, the drug with words as uh, uh, highly effective, safe, impressive, fabulous, and robust, and didn't delve into the side effects or the alternative treatment strategies for weight loss. Um, this is from uh, this is the quote from the physicians committee. The 60 minutes program looked like a news story, but it was effectively a drug ad. Um, so this is the kind of stuff we talk about that you know, Operation Mockingbird. This is how the the Chinese Communist Party has infiltrated, you know, our news cycle. They've bought hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars in, in ads and stories promoting uh, the CCP in places like The Times uh, and, and The Washington Post and and all these, you know, mainstream corporate, uh, you know, henchmen, if you will. So um, here's an example. It's nice to see a little bit of sunlight on these animals who just lie. They don't care what drug they stuff down your throat. All they want to do is tell you that, uh, you know, you're a victim and fat is not your problem. Uh, you can't do anything to control it. It's uh, it's genetics or the drug company can save you, you know. So I'm just, you know, it's more from the, the BS file. So I just want to throw that out there. The... Um the Project Veritas video is now approaching, I think, 27 million views <laughs> on social media. But it's just conspiracy theory. And I saw, right, well, yeah, I saw a good post by um, O'Keefe who said, you know, for all of you who wish that, um, you know, or who are angry that the, the thing has this many views, you you wouldn't be need you wouldn't need to be angry at me or wish bad things upon me or Project Veritas if your media did their job. There'd be no reason for us. But the fact that we have 27 million views views is the proof that you need us. Because yep. that's the reason it has that. Because no one else other than us and a couple of, you know, now it's getting talked about, obviously on social media and on, on OTT platforms, but none of the mainstream people have giving it one red cent yeah. other than Tucker. I mean, think about how many weeks you would have to watch either CNN or MSNBC to hit 27 million people. You'd have to watch the whole year. Yeah. One of my stories in the next segment is CNN hit an all-time low at ratings. I mean, people are sick of it. They're sick of the lies. And that's why conspiracy theories are on everything now, because we've just been lied to for everything from for the last 25, 30 years. 
you know, everything we just, everything, every time you watch the news, you're going to be like, All right, why are they telling me this? What's right. their edge? What's their angle? What are they trying to sell me? Because everything's a slow cook infomercial. You know, it's like uh, William Cooper said, you know, it's a soft sell. And it's, it's just, you know, it's this pervasive, endless, uh, you know, disinformation that just keeps us all constantly wondering that what's the truth? What's, what's happening? Yeah. And the watchdog media, which was its intention, the freedom of the press has been eradicated by massive mega, uh, you know, fascist corp corporations. I'm a big capitalist. We don't have capitalism. We haven't had it in, you know, in 60 years, 70 years. It's, it's, it's crazy. I mean, the system is, we're watching the end of a Republic really. Yeah. And, and Paul, real quick on the, uh, on the Pfizer thing, um, and, and on the Project Veritas, too, this links into it, is uh, this guy Lyndon Wood posted on Twitter. He wrote, uh, do you agree or not that Pfizer is a real danger? Now, I don't know if you know who Zachary Levy is or Levy. He's the, he's the actor who plays Shazam, right? The big dude. Uh, he, he responded to this, and he's been getting hammered for it. He wrote, hardcore agree. And then... Just an example, he, then he posted, just an example of what I'm referring to, Justice Department announces largest, um, let me have it pulled up here, Justice Department announces largest healthcare fraud settlement in its history, Pfizer to pay $2.3 billion for fraudulent marketing. So I think, I think people are starting to wake up across the board now, especially yeah. with, the, with the Veritas stuff. They're seeing it for themselves. They're seeing the people that work there actively tell everybody hey this is what we're doing isn't it awesome let's have a drink so uh where's yeah. that um cut seven g i thought this was a really good report roll that today our cover story comes from houston where we have a rare group interview with medical professionals turned whistleblowers from the first hospital in the nation to require covid vaccines they see a disturbing healthcare trend that could ultimately impact all of us. My name is Dr. Venu Jilapalli. I was on staff at Houston Methodist The Woodlands and got suspended and ultimately terminated due to the vaccine mandate. You did not want to get vaccinated? No. Dr. Venu Julapali is among an outspoken group of medical professionals once affiliated with Houston Methodist. Methodist was the first hospital system in the nation to require COVID vaccines. I refused to get the, the vaccine. Hospital. I spoke out on social media saying vaccine mandates were wrong. And I said, I don't want to take so it. I ultimately gave my notice and I went somewhere else. And I was suspended and then terminated. It's rare to find medical professionals from such a prominent hospital system speaking on camera on the topic. Punished, they say, for using independent medical judgment, which they consider a hallmark of sound medicine. Dr. Julapali started an email group of more than a thousand of his colleagues to discuss and debate the policies. Many, he said, would only share their true feelings with him in private. The level of fear among our colleagues, among the medical staff, in terms of expressing their opinion, whatever it was, because they were afraid that they were going to be retaliated against by the institution, Houston Methodist, was off the charts and continues to be off the charts. Dr. Mary Crow is an oncologist hematologist who, like Dr. Julapali, lost privileges to practice medicine at Methodist for refusing the vaccine. You have the right to put up your hand and say, what the hell is going on here? Please explain this to me and not risk obliteration of your personal and professional life. 
Dr. Mary Tally Bowden, an ear, nose, and throat specialist, also lost privileges at Methodist. I tested over 80,000 people for COVID, and that's what first alerted me to what was going on because we keep track of who's vaccinated and who's not. who's not. And the patients who were vaccinated and testing positive were just as sick, if not sicker, than the ones that weren't. And eventually I saw more vaccinated patients testing positive than unvaccinated, and that's when I really became vocal and Methodists did not like that. Houston Methodist began firing unvaccinated employees in June of 2021. CEO Dr. Mark Boom made the controversial vaccine mandate a linchpin of his leadership and encouraged others to follow. I think patients should be demanding this at all hospitals. And frankly, I think you will see the floodgates begin to open at hospitals. We've seen, you know, a whole bunch of hospitals follow suit. It took a couple months, but they've been following suit. Um, And I think you're going to see many, many more. And there were many more, with Houston Methodist leading the pack. Within three months, it was reported that at least 174 health systems were mandating COVID vaccines, the requirements triggering protests and court battles. Father, I just want to put it out to you right now to protect all these employees of Methodist and to tear down the medical tyranny. A lawsuit against Methodist filed by employees got dismissed. The federal judge ruled that the hospital had made a choice to keep staff, patients, and their families safer. Many at Methodist agreed. But these seasoned professionals claim the vaccine mandate didn't make patients safer at all. And they gave numerous accounts of vaccinated employees coming to work ill. Owen Robinson is a critical care registered nurse. At that time, the management in the Methodist ICU forced two nurses to come in sick positive with COVID, with symptoms, fevers, and take care of patients in the ICU. So that completely obliterates our argument as far as patient safety, because there's nothing more unsafe than having sick nurses taking care of immunocompromised patients in the ICU. One nurse was so sick, she had a trainee, a new nurse, and she spent the entire day sitting at the desk, most of the time with her head down on the desk because she was so ill and her trainee was taking care of the patients. There you go. And just as a finishing point on this, today, Project Veritas released this. YouTube Insider leaks urgent guidance documents sent to employees on how to handle the Project Veritas video effective immediately as of January 27, 2023, quote, violates the COVID-19 misinformation policy. And the way they rigged this up to say that it, it, what, what it basically, how it violates it is so ridiculous. They picked this one specific sentence. The fact that these COVID vaccines are ineffective against virus variants is, is the sentence in the thing that they pick out. And they say, um, that's basically what violates because they said this one sentence right here. And they sent this out. And I just, number one, I just love the fact that they have somebody on the inside who sends this to them. (laughs) And Google has to see that and go, how are we supposed to do? How are we supposed to operate in secret here? We can't work with Twitter anymore. We can't work with all these. We can't call all our friends in social media and tell them to 
suppress all this stuff anymore? What are we supposed to do here? So, all right, live from Studio 6P, more to do. We're back right after this. to the hour live from Studio 6B on a Monday night. Glad you're in Real America's Voice. Slick Rick's going to do some sports. Rick Delgado's got what even is that coming up? Geo Fran holding it down as always. Let's get back to the news since we only did a little bit there with Mr. Paul Nolan. What's going on, Mr. Nolan? All right. So, you know, an estimated 100,000 hens died in a weekend fire at a Connecticut farm owned by one of the largest egg producers. Uh, Connecticut officials have confirmed this on Monday in one of the such uh, fires that have killed millions of chickens around the country over the past decade. The blaze Saturday at Hillendale Farms property in uh, Bozra uh, was about 30 miles southeast of Hartford, drew dozens of firefighters from the area and took hours to put out. The cause remains under investigation. No people were injured. The State Department of Agriculture said it appears that 100,000 egg-laying hens died and created they credited the uh, farm employees and emergency responders for preventing more hen deaths by containing the fire to one of the uh, several build in one of the several buildings. So, um, you know, I mean, we've seen a lot of this, right? Um, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. You know, Delgado, you're on the same yeah. page as me. It's awful. Just looks to me like, for me, you want to talk about conspiracies? Now I'll talk about this. This feels to me like corporate espionage. It just feels to me like, without a doubt, that. You know, people will do. Look, I know gangsters will kill a guy for thirty thousand. <laughs> Kidding me? This is hundreds of million dollars in commodities are at stake, and with some of these conspiracies, we dismiss. That's why when some other conspiracies that come along, I find it hard to swallow because I feel like it discredits what's really the bigger problems. Uh, you know, so the story goes on to say in nearby Lebanon, Connecticut, the, a fire in 2016 in Hillendale Farms subsidiary killed 80,000 to 100,000 hens. The company also lost more than 100,000 chickens in a chickens in a farm fire in uh, Tyrone Township, Pennsylvania, in 2017. Um, so you know, this is again, how many of these, how many factories have burnt or hit by airplanes or, I mean, some kind of a you know disease, you know salmonella, something ramping through. So yeah, you know, there's a lot. I mean, you want to start talking about conspiracies here? I'm open to every single one of them, and I'm curious. I'll keep my mouth shut and I'll listen. Well, there was uh, there was news coming out uh, about a week or so ago about you know, of course, the rising egg egg prices in California. The price has skyrocketed from one thirty four, that's a dollar thirty four, to seven thirty seven. That's seven dollars and thirty seven cents, and um. There's been talk about the feed being something wrong with the feed in it, that they're feeding their chickens. Uh, this one person, urban chicken farmer, uh, he uploaded a video on TikTok talking about the feed, saying there's something wrong with the chicken food we're buying. Seriously, my chickens have not laid an egg since July and nothing has changed. So, you know, I, th I think aside from what you might see at the factories that, you know, spontaneously combust or, or end up being r runways for, for uh, wayward planes, um, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's almost like it's being, uh, it's, it's taking the attack on several fronts, right? Yeah, I mean, it's a commodity control game, right? I mean, look, if you can control commodities, you control prices. I mean, you, you eliminate your competition, your, your value goes up, of course. Um, 
I mean, it's just been so many. That's the thing that's so curious. I also saw another report uh, a few weeks back about people were talking there was a direct link to eggs and blood clotting. So God knows what that story is about and what level of it is BS, what level is it built in excuse for, you know, the the jab that we're seeing a lot of blood clotting with. So this is the problem with the news today, right, guys? We're constantly wondering what pile of crap are they shoveling down off you know, throats now. It's, you know, this is the problem. I mean, it's, it's relentless. And that's, you know, now that I'm going to have a lot more time, I'm, you know, I, I really want to try to make more of the stories about uncovering the lies in the media, like this, you know, and then it's just dissecting the, you know, the propaganda and what's, what they're selling. That's right. really my, you know, that's really what I want to focus on here the next, you know, six, seven months. All right. Well, and there's a video, I'm going to get it to Geo that I found of a, um, a reporter asking George W. Bush when he was in office, direct question about the propaganda that's being pumped out by the government as a news story. And you see him stammer, and he answers the question because he had to. And it's an interesting video, and it's something you might not realize. And the reporter was like, why isn't there a, like a, a, you know, something on there that said this has been produced by the federal government? Why is it just being pushed out as news? And he couldn't explain himself. Um <laughs> So it's interesting. I'll, I'll make sure to share that video with you as well, because I think you'd find it interesting. You know, I was hoping to send video to you guys today. There was a great video. I can't remember who it was, but he was at the uh, Bloomberg Economic Forum talking about the FTX scandal. And there was a line in the in the books that said Trump lose. And oh, yeah. Sam Friedman was the single second highest donor to the Democratic Party. So we watched a nice little, you know, we watched the funneling of money from the backs of taxpayers and people trying to get ahead, a hoping to make, a, you know, a buck off of uh, off of crypto. And then it collapses in a scam and it goes to Ukraine and then Ukraine gives it back to politicians here. Do you want to talk about a, a scam? I, my, God, my, my God, I mean, that's <laughs> mafia style. It's that's crazy. Much. Crazy. High level mafia. There's a lot of farmers out there that are talking about the um, <clears throat> maybe this is what you just said, but there's a lot of farmers talking about the fact that the uh, the chicken food is what's causing the egg shortage because they just don't want to eat it. Have you seen anything about that? Yeah, that's the the feed. Um, yeah. that there's something wrong with the feed, um, and, and it's affecting the chickens. And and you know the stories are out there. It's just a matter of finding them. And and actually starting to kind of piece it all together is like, you know. They've once, done tests with like two different stacks of feed and then you watch the hens come in and they won't eat the one. They won't eat the one. Right. That I guess is in majority uh, that you can, I guess, find the most of. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, We're going to rebuild our chicken coops in all you. We, we have two that don't lay anymore. My wife loves them like they're, like they're her little babies. But, you know, I'm rebuilding. I'm going to build I'm just going to go back to feeding them myself with the food I like them to eat. And the <clears> eggs come up delicious and their yolks are vibrant. And <laughs> you got chickens? You don't yep. look like a chicken guy. <laughs> yeah, you I'm a very domesticated city slicker over here. All right, we'll do some more news in a second. <clears throat> Let's do some sports. Sports is brought to you by Michael and My cousin Paulie. <laughs> My pillow. My pillow. LFS6P is the code, I think. Who cares? Uh, what's going on sports, Slick Rick? All right, let's get some quick scores here. NCAA Division One, Big D, Virginia right now leading Syracuse 64-62 minutes to go in the second half. And Norfolk State over North uh, NC State Central, I rather, 50 
57-54, seven to go in the second. Uh, NHL off this week. They got the All-Star game coming up on Saturday down in Florida. NBA action right now. Good one. Uh, Magic over the Sixers, 95-94 in the fourth. Uh, Nets lead the Lakers, 58-46, 12 to go in the third. Timberwolves trail the, uh, lead the uh, Kings, 38-36 to go in the second. Warriors all over the Thunder, 50-34, five to go in the second as well. And last but not least, Wizards lead the Spurs, 51-44. Well, some sad news in the uh, NHL world today. NHL legend Bobby Hull passed away at 44. This was placed, posted by Daily 44? Faceoff. 84. Did I say 44? Yeah, oh. you said 44. Oh, 84. Sorry about that. Passed away at the age of 84. Um, yeah, great, great player. Excuse me on that. Hall of Famer Bobby Hall, nicknamed the Golden Jet and known for his booming shot and scoring prowess, died at the age of 84 and was uh, first reported Monday by the Daily Herald. The NHL Alumni Association confirmed the news shortly thereafter. No details about his death are known. Hull was likely uh, hockey's first million-dollar player, but his checkered off-ice pass was a lightning rod for criticism and clouded his legacy. But but Hull had 1,808 points in his regular season career between the NHL and the WHA. That'd be the World Hockey Association back in the day. Making him one of the most prolific players in pro hockey history. On with a famously blistering slap shot that terrorized goalies in an era when most didn't wear masks back in the day. Hull led the NHL in goals seven times in his career. He was a Stanley Cup champ in 1961 with the Chicago Blackhawks. A 10-time NHL All-Star uh, team member. A three-time Art Ross Trophy winner and two-time Hart Memorial Trophy as the uh, MVP. So, uh, fantastic player, great career, got into a little trouble, had some run-ins with the law, but he was reinstated as an ambassador, cleaned himself up in 2010, got back with the team uh, and with the Chicago, doing a lot of outside events, was a real favorite in the, in the city of Chicago, and uh, so the great Bobby Hall passes away at the age of 84. That's a wrap in sports. All right, Slick Rick, thanks. Well, what even is that coming up? Some more news, more sports. Crazy Town, LOL of the day. Got a couple of those. Lots to do in hour two on a Monday, live from Studio 6B. from Studio 6B, Real America's Voice. Glad you're in on a Monday night. Slick Rick's here doing sports. Rick Delgado's got what even is that coming up here in a second. Paul Nolan's going to do some more news. Geo Fran holding it down as always. Lots to get to an hour or two. Crazy town. Let me see what else. Let me look at my sheet here. What else we have? A couple LOLs of the day. And is this English? Is this, is this English uh, long, G? All right, let's do it right now. Is this English here? Roll it. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I throw G a curveball here. Yeah, so. look at that. Come on. All right, here we go. Come on now. So what ended up happening, though, in <laughs> most of those stories that I've had the benefit of, of, of hearing, uh -huh. um, had a good ending because what they then realized is there are other places to go, such as community banks. Oh. 
which are in the community, run right. by members of the community. They understand the capacity of the community. community. They understand the, the culture of the community, the mores <laughs> of the community, what the community wants for itself. Word of the day. <laughs> and then they look at the whole human being in terms of that small business owner. And they can see them. Oh. <laughs> so they know what you want to sell, the community actually wants to buy. Whether that be a certain style of food or just cultural or just what it needs. And what ends up happening is the community bank then says, okay, let's sit down and talk about how you apply for that loan. Let's talk about how you get a line of credit. Who of us grew up with our parents talking about a phrase, line of credit, right? Okay. We'll get back to you on that one. <laughs> wow. She is so unprepared all the time. It's awesome. All the time. Really? It's just, it's just unprepared. keep repeating the same word, put it in different parts of the sentence, and, and just, don't worry. You'll get through the book report. Don't worry, Kamala. You're good. Okay, it's, class. It's, I'm going to call someone up here unexpectedly to read a... <laughs> Kamala. Kamala, why don't you come up? <laughs> Do you have your book report ready? Uh, well, the report is the book, but it's the your book turn. report is... <laughs> All right, now it's time following that. I mean, tough act to follow, I but know. now it's time for one of my new favorite segments here on the show, and that, of course, is Rick Delgado with what even is that? <laughs> See, what even is that is what even it was, and then it was no, Okay, well, so pay attention, because here's what happened, all right? All right, pay attention. So there I am. Yeah. Right? I'm writing this very funny and interesting, mind you. What even is that wow. about the... Uh, change. The, 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 you know, thank you. The DeMar <laughs> Hamlin appearance at the Buffalo Bills game last week and how it was chock full of things that just didn't make sense. <laughs> Here we go. Right? But I didn't have time to finish it because then... <laughs> oh, darn. Paul Pelosi shows up and his 50 Shades of Grey and Horny Police Cam video <laughs> came out. And that took my attention away. But again, I was stymied by the time, uh, stymied by time and a full-time job elsewhere, and I had no time to put it all together. Well Thus, <laughs> over the weekend, I had fully intended to finish the original idea, but then there was another release. Mm-hmm. No, not that kind of release. I'm talking about the new DeMar Hamlin video. Yes. Yes, the NFL went ahead and decided they needed to quash inquiring minds, and they released the DeMar Hamlin, the, the DeMar Hamlin, I'm alive and well and don't need to learn how to walk and talk again, even though I was clinically dead for nine minutes video, because too many people were pointing out how much the appearance at the Bills playoff game didn't actually make sense. But don't worry, because instead of some Illuminati signs that he was flashing, this time, DeMar got it right, and he's making a heart with his hand, so it's all good. Move on! Nothing to see here! Please, Pittsburgh! Yeah, it's like CNN. Yes. Uh, <laughs> that's when the latest Project Mockingbird attack caught my eye. Uh-huh. That's right. <laughs> As the great nation of Finland features a 59-year-old transgender skater at the European Figure Skating Championships. <laughs> the one thing they didn't realize is that Klinger here... Well, <laughs> can't skate. Yeah, no. She didn't watch identify. for yourself. She didn't identify as a skater. That's for sure. <laughs> Don't take my word for it. Watch for yourself. Oh God! Here we go. 
Uh, Look at the grace, the beauty. Uh, it's a triple klutz. <laughs> Look at this. Oh, my goodness. Here we go. Here we go. Watch this. Oh, God. Seriously. Don't anybody move. Don't anybody act like anything happened. Of course, so you're not allowed to. to. What even is that? Oh, Come on. Man. The only figure this dude was uh, resembling was a block of ice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Meanwhile, Finland was proud to announce that they would be including the world's first trans figure skater at the proceedings, only to discover, like I said, Marku could not skate. <laughs> the 59-year-old male Finnish farmer uh, took up skating at the ripe old age of 50, declared himself transgender, and, well, now you know the rest. Yeah. At oh. first, I thought it was Nancy Carrigan. <laughs> and it was one of those, uh, you know, 30 for 30 documentaries about the sad tale of an oh. aging athlete refusing Whoa. to hang it up already. Or maybe it was an old Monty Python skit or an SNL goof, you know, where Chris Farley's trying out for uh, Chippendales. I thought it was maybe one of those. Yeah. But no. No. Because, you see, as it turns out, everything you see here from his unmatched <laughs> razor's edge skating skill to yes. his highly athletic frame. So brave. Sadly, is real. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I'd like this. to see what a skater's body really looks like. <laughs> Go ahead, drink it in. Don't be shy. Looking's for free. Touching's yeah. going to cost you something. Oh, yes, it will cost you. <laughs> it's going to cost you your sanity. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, t but do you know what, Damon? To be fair, I even watched a few of this fella's other videos, and I got to say, he's actually gotten worse over time. Look, here he is sitting with his coach. Oh, dear. Who also doubles as his neighbor. And look how excited he is that he didn't get straight zeros across the board. Look at him. Zero <laughs> point zero. <laughs> but I think the most disturbing oh. about this ice capade of crazy <laughs> is it, it is, this is just another in the long list of less leftist attacks. You see, the left is now going all out. Every single thing that is a cultural norm is now firmly under attack, and this battle they are waging on us is coming from all fronts. They think, hey, if we can flood the zone, so to speak, and make us all fight off this lunacy all at once, it'll keep us busy enough not to see what they're really up to. You know. And, of course... After two weeks of nonstop Joe Biden classified document drama, sure. what better to pull your attention away from this than, than this? Yeah. Come on. Come on. No, no, no. no re really, we're not allowed to say anything. Look, watch this. She needs help. He needs help. Oh, yeah. They oh. use a flag to get her off the floor. Oh, my God. <laughs> because nobody can lift up that gigantic thing. These guys put the bone in Zamboni. Uh, yes, yes, he does. <laughs> and sickening. But I, I'm sure Slick Rick can't wait for all this nonsense to make its way to Roller Boogie. Oh, my God. Hey, that guy looks familiar, Damon. <laughs> Back to you. <laughs> Sound like the boogie. Why do, I, why do I always have to find... What? Why do I always have to be the butt of the last joke? I don't know what thing? you're talking about. That was a picture I found what online. What I'm talking about? That's a picture I found online. I put in roller <laughs> boogie guy, really you came simple. up. Blame it on the boogie. It looks really similar to Big D, though. It's not Big D, you say, but it looks like him. Right, it could be. Him. I see what you're up Maybe. to. He's on a roll. So there you have. <laughs> oh my Damon, God! Too funny. <clears throat> this is what oh happens when you uh, prioritize 
identity over that talent. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, good Lord. I mean, I know we have to do all this because it's 2023 and it's just, you know, we all have to uh, suspend reality. But we couldn't even get someone who could stay up for like 30 <laughs> seconds? She's doing a triple so cow. Or actually, she just looked like a so cow. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Right. Oh, God. Stunning and brave, nonetheless. <laughs> oh, so brave. Yeah. Oh, my Lord. So brave. Ah, so there you have it. Oh, that was good, man. That was funny. Thank you. All right, Rick Delgado with what even is that? <laughs> just really just unbelievable. I mean, it's just so pathetic. Um, so, all right, got a couple minutes here. What did you say, Paul? When I first saw that video, like, I legitimately thought it was a joke. The first saw the video, I thought <laughs> I was being put on. I honestly thought it was a gag reel. I, I, I couldn't, when, it, when I, you read into it, you're like, wait, no, this is real. Oh, God, this is real. Oh, boy. And the best real. part is, you know everybody is sitting there or was told that she falls, he falls down. <laughs> no one can even <laughs> wink. Dude, it's the emerald. It's the it's the emperor's clothes fable. Yeah, we're, what we're living it. Yep. What's amazing is that what, while she's down on the ice, she she's wobbling like crazy. I don't know if, it, if Geo can pop it up real quick. I mean, just look at this. This is someone who is in gold a, a, medal incoming. This is the European Championships. Oh, oh, oh man. New, yeah. Looks reasonable. This is the opening ceremony. You would think, let's make sure that we knock this out of the park. Yeah. I'll tell you. Brings home the meaning to the terms finished. And then, and, <laughs> and then I mean, meanwhile, women's to- ice skating is so beautiful. These girls yes. I know. are so athletic, so graceful, uh, graceful driven. Um, they practice their whole life to yeah. be able to do these well, amazing it, things. Right. I can right, barely walk straight. Festa. They do all these things on skates. And they're just, here we go. Just, we're gonna, it's just another sport we're going to ruin because, because we got to play identity with everything. Well, they're, they're glorifying mental illness and allowing it to, let, let's put it on stage. It used, to be, it used to be you made fun of this. Now you're not allowed to make fun of it. You have to take it seriously. But it's still mental illness. Exactly. Imagine watching that and thinking that that is anything but comical. And there are people who will. Right. <laughs> Laugh out loud, funny, comical. <laughs> I'm going to keep making fun of it. Look at a Benny Hill skit. I mean, come on. Give me a, I mean, please. I mean, that, that homely ogre takes that job from some beautiful young lady who spent the whole life working her tail off to be great. And she couldn't, she couldn't be out there in that opening ceremony. They had to put you know, Eddie Munster out there and clown you know. show. Yeah. And, and that's nine years of practice. Remember, he started at 50 and now he's 59. That's nine years of work. Okay. Good job there, dude. Well, hopefully by 109, he'll be going to three lines. Two to figure eight. Let's not go crazy. You don't want him to hurt himself. Exactly. Oh, my God. What a clown show. Triple Lindy coming next. Good gravy. Just how, like, how many sports are we going to, I mean, it's like, how many sports are we going to ruin? All of them. I guess if they have their way, it'd be all of them, right? Yeah. yeah. The best was Chappelle talking about, you know, women, women wouldn't have to play in men's leagues if they were good, you know, like they wouldn't have to be a woman's league if they were good enough to play with men. Right. You know, if, if LeBron James went to 
you know, went to the BMLE, right. he'd have 780 points a night. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. When Serena Williams, remember when she wanted to play, they would, when she wanted to play with men, she played like the se- the 700th ranked guy and she lost in straight sets. I mean, come oh, on. Oh, that here. right? I didn't know that. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. I mean, it's. And she was and she's good. big. Yeah. What, are we, and, what are we talking about? And here? the women's soccer team got schooled by a bunch of uh, high school boys. High school. High school boys. All right, live from Studio 6B. We're back right after this. sound like the blues and <laughs> it's just a good thing i didn't have the chat out up in front of me in that segment because I, I put it up in the commercial break and i'm crying i'm crying i'm laughing so hard i'm crying so good thing i didn't have it up during what even is that because i would not have been able to i can barely keep it together now but sound like the blues so that means i got to talk to you about our friends at birch gold Despite the U.S. blowing through the uh, $31.4 trillion debt ceiling in January, the leftist White House still refuses to reduce spending, while our national leadership has buried their heads in the sand when it comes to fiscal responsibility. It's time to pull yours out of the sand. Now would be a great time to diversify into gold with Birch Gold. In times of high uncertainty and instability, gold still remains king. It's dependable. Birch Gold makes it easy to convert an IRA into a 401k, into an IRA in precious metals. Here's what you need to do. Text America to 989898 to claim your free information kit on gold. Then talk to one of their precious metal specialists. Think about this. To dig our country out of this mountain of debt, every single taxpayer in America would have to write a check for $247,000 right now. And it's only getting worse. Protect yourself with gold today by texting America to 989898. Birch Gold has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. Thousands of happy customers. Countless five-star reviews. You can trust Birch Gold to protect your future. Text America to 989898. Do it today. And speaking of gold and the debt ceiling, still looking at the uh, the chat. <laughs> Um, we're going to hear from the Federal Reserve meeting, I believe starts tomorrow. Wonderful. Uh, the FOMC meeting, and then we'll hear from the chairman on Wednesday afternoon, 2 o'clock. We'll go through the normal um, that we've all come so, so accustomed to now. And that is, uh, he'll give his speech at, well, we'll get the rate decision at 2 on uh, whether they're going to raise by 25 basis points, 50 basis points, or no basis points, leave it unchanged, highly unlikely on the unchanged. Although there is a much higher percentage now of people who think it could be unchanged, given $32 trillion in national debt and what these interest payments are going to look like if they keep raising this interest rates. They say they want to get to 5%. I don't know. So we'll get that on we'll get that on Wednesday at two o'clock. We'll get the rate decision. Then at two thirty, Chairman Powell will speak. And of course, it's when he speaks that always brings the most volatility. Not necessarily the decision on the rate hike at two o'clock, 
markets will respond much more to what he says at 2.30 when he comes out to speak. So I'll probably be live streaming that and watching that on Wednesday, uh, 2 o'clock. Uh, follow us on all our social media at LFS6B and make sure you hit the notification bells if there is one, like on our YouTube page, so you get notified when I go live on days like that. Tomorrow morning, I got a great piece coming out about impeccable timing. You need impeccable timing in life. Some of us have it. Some of us work on having it. And some have timing that really is inexplicable. So that'll be tomorrow, 9 a.m. on all social media. You want to watch that. Uh, let's do some sports at 20 minutes past the hour. And here with that is Slick Rick, Rick Emirati. Sports is brought to you by MyPillow and Mike Lindell. And the release of MyPillow 2.0 today. Brand Ooh, new pillow. Nice. Wow. With temperature regulating technology. Mike says uh, he didn't want to wait. He bought this machine to do this. Whatever the technology is, cost him a couple hundred grand. And he bought it blind before it even got there. Because he didn't want to hold up the production on these pillows. And they're out now. And with our code today, I don't know how long this is going to last. I guess until supplies last. You can buy one, get your second one free. That's the release special for uh, MyPillow 2.0. Buy one, get the second one free in either queen size or king size. Use our code LFS6P at checkout. Slick Rick, what's going on? Yeah, MyPillow 2.0, where cooler heads will prevail. And let's go <laughs> NHL action. We have a game. we got a couple of games. Back. I reported earlier we were off for the week, but you know, must be some makeup games. Sound like the Blues taking on the Jets. No score. 12-26 to go in the second period. NHL All-Star uh, weekend coming up uh, this later on the 4th, on February 4th. Uh, NBA action. we got right now a good game. Uh, Magic 114-107 over the Sixers. Two minutes to go in the fourth there. Uh, Lakers lead the net 79-74 in the third. Kings and Timberwolves tied at 51. Warriors over the Thunders, 69-48 in the third. And uh, Wizards taking care of the uh, San Antonio Spurs, 63-55, 12 to go in the third over there. And uh, real uh, quick. Do you, th- do you think, um, Delgado, that uh, she was auditioning <laughs> for Shrek on ice? That could be. win the internet today. I wish Uh-oh. I knew who said that. That was hysterical. Um, All I know is John Brooks says his figure his figure eight would look like a potato. <laughs> I think I think we need a Tanya Harden takeout on this whole thing. Honestly, <laughs> wrap it with that. Uh, let's go. Hey, some some interesting news. Georgia QB Stetson Bennett is released from jail following an arrest. This is Larry Brown Sports. Stetson Bennett was arrested Sunday morning in Dallas on public intoxication charges, and a video has emerged of the former Georgia quarterback being released from jail. WFAA in Dallas shared video Sunday that showed Bennett being led out of a detention center. A detention center. He emerged with his head down, tucked in the hood <laughs> of his hooded sweater. Bennett then ducked into an SUV and was driven away. Bennett, who just led Georgia to its second straight national championship, allegedly was banging on doors in the old East Dallas neighborhood. He was said to have been drunk when police found him. The 25-year-old was the subject of many questions over the last two college football seasons. Many people questioned whether the former walk-on could successfully lead Georgia to the national championship. He did that twice and then recently started to receive questions over his behavior. This is a gentleman who is bypassing the senior bowl to hopefully be uh, in the NFL draft. We reported on that last week. Maybe he was looking for Jerry. (laughs) <laughs> hey, you guys need a quarterback? I, I guarantee you, Jerry would answer the door like Paul Pelosi with a drink in the whole night. But, uh, yeah, unbelievable, man. There goes his his draft rating. His stock just went down, if not out. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, come on. Tom Brady was uh, walking around all, all liquored up, and nobody hey, seemed to care about that. That was in a supervised situation. They were throwing Super Bowl trophies into the water, but it was a parade, Rick. <laughs> Maybe this was a parade, too. Yeah, he was on a one-man 
Australian parade. Yep. Well, Australian Open in the books and Serbian tennis powerhouse Novak Djokovic scored a major comeback on Sunday when he won the Australian Open roughly one year after being deported from the country due to his refusal to take the coronavirus. Uh, over on ESPN, John, McEn- John McEnroe, who strongly supported Djokovic during the controversy, had what appeared to be a tense exchange with commentator Chris Fowler shortly after the tennis icon picked up his victory <laughs> well, yeah. overseas spots. <laughs> Fowler likes working for ESPN. He likes to continue to work. So what's he, what position is he going to take? Of course. Yeah, I know. Exactly. Well, they got into it. They had a whole banter back and forth. And, uh, you know, McEnroe said, good for him. He should have had the right to have his own decision. And I supported him. And McEnroe was upset. He said there's no reason why he couldn't play in the U.S. Open. And uh, he just went back and forth, got a little heated on, on TV, which really is a shame because you're overshadowing a, a, a great tennis champion. Djokovic, if he continues on this path, Big D, he may go down to be the greatest of well, all some time. say he already is. Yeah. And- by the way, that victory argue. is big double bird middle finger to everybody, and it's great. Yep. Mm-hmm. Just great that he won it. Yeah. Couldn't wait to post that. And that's a wrap in sports. Big D, back to you. All right, Slick Rick, very good. Uh, we don't have time for news, but I do have time to get to the story I want to get to. We'll do some news when we get back. Because uh, we talked about this, and I was really happy to see this because this is a vicious thuggery from the Department of Justice. Uh, jury today finds Mark Houck not guilty on bogus Biden administration Department of Justice charges. And this is the, this is the story of the pro-life um, activist who was the Biden, the, after a state-level uh, district court judge threw this out and said, get out of here with this. Um, the Department of Justice continued to press charges against this guy criminally, tried to put him in jail for up to 11 years for violation of the FACE Act. Because he got into a scuffle with some a pro-abortion lunatic outside on the street, uh, who I, I think the story was when we reported it went after his son. Yeah, he that was he antagonizing had with him, right? towards his son. Yeah, yep. so he kind of like pushed him or something. He fell down or whatever. Well, they brought a case on the state level, and the state judge said, "Get out of here with this! Are you kidding me? This doesn't even have merits for me to look at it." Well, that didn't stop that didn't stop the Department of Justice from continuing on, and they pressed charges. And thankfully, a Philly jury today uh, found him not guilty on both counts on an absolutely bogus what a waste of thuggery money. from the Biden administration and the Department of Justice. So a little more on this when we get back. Plus, we'll do news live from Studio 6B on a Monday. Thirty minutes past the hour, live from Studio Six B. Tucker Carlson tonight suggested on his show that the United States egg shortage is linked to the feed being supplied to chicken farms after interviews with several farmers. So we were just talking about yeah. that. So, um, what you want to what you want to go over on Getter? Oh, well, well, the Getter the Getter chat is hilariously. Oh, uh, phenomenal tonight. Thank Here. God I didn't have it in front of me during that. I would have never been able to speak after you were done. We had four oh minutes God, left in that segment. When you got done, I would have been done for four minutes. I would have been. I couldn't have kept it together. It, it turned into three minutes because during the commercials, that's when you put it up and, and you couldn't oh, stop laughing. Thank God I put it up in the commercial break. Well, Steph44 had a comment 
that I, I wanted to make sure I, I highlighted here, uh, was wondering about your hair, Damon, and, and why it looked like that, like, like Gene Wilder. Um, I, I guess she's referring to, or he's referring to the picture of you on your roller skates. Oh, oh I thought um, you meant my hair now. Yeah. <laughs> As you can tell. From, my hair now, I'm, I'm growing my hair. I'm going to grow my hair uh, long now. Right. Nice, but but you can tell by the picture, Damon 6'5 with the Afro 6'9. Yeah, exactly. 6'5 with the Afro 6'9. Yeah. That's what Fletch said. <laughs> On his roller skates. I think my hair, look, that's just what it looks, you know, in the morning before I get to... Oh, before you get the product? Do it and product it up and right. pat it down a little bit, <laughs> spike it in the front. I want to let it grow, so I do the Tom Brady thing. Oh, that's nice. So it kind of comes, flows down. I'm going to get it down to about, I don't, I don't know. I'm not sure. Nice. We'll see. Just in time for roller boogie season? What the hell am I talking about right now? I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, 31 past the hour. So just, I want to just, because I'm so, I was really happy to see this, because we did talk about this, this ridiculous face act and this thuggery from the Department of Justice. <clears throat> um, Hawk was facing bogus charges that he violated the federal face law when he was helping Women outside an abortion center, an abortion business escort, accosted and bullied his son, and Hawk stepped in to stop it. And in doing so, the older abortion center volunteer fell down. Hawk could have faced over a decade in prison if he was found guilty. Just think about this. These thugs show up at this guy's house with his kids. He's got like nine kids or whatever it is. Um, a man who, who, who has dedicated his life, seemingly, to uh, profess professing and and um for life talking about it and advocating for it and he was looking at 11 years in prison for a little like uh number one for defending his son yeah but this a little scuffle that the other person fell down meanwhile the where was has the department of justice i mean no, oh, just don't get me get me started on it. Well, yeah, because didn't they uh, didn't they come in there guns a blazing basically? Yeah, you know, uh, throw him down, drag him out. His kids are all watching. His his wife is watching. It, it, yeah. it was for for like you said, a charge that had been thrown out by by a, a local court because they said, "Oh, this is ridiculous. Get this out of my face." Yeah, state level judge said this doesn't even this doesn't even have merits enough to rise for me to to even think about this. Jury today found not guilty verdict and what's a huge victory for Hawk's family and pro-life Americans who protect to help women outside abortion businesses. Because pro-life is what was being targeted here besides this gentleman himself, obviously. Uh, Hawk's attorney, quote, Mark and his family are now free of the cloud of the Biden administration threw upon them. We took on Goliath, the full might of the U.S. government, and we won. The jury saw through and rejected the prosecution's discriminatory case, which was harassment from day one. This is a big win for Mark and the entire pro-life movement. The Biden Justice Department and its intimidation against pro-life people and people of faith has to be put in its place. Just another thing to put on the House's um, calendar, by the way, to get to some answers. What'd you say, Paul? There was a lot of those videos going around lately around the world. You know, I saw this uh, lovely woman in front of a, an abortion clinic. She was just sitting there minding her own bit, praying. She had a, you know, she just had her hands together praying, for, you know, and uh, they arrested her, locked it up. I think she's, she's, she's waiting a court date. She wasn't saying anything. She didn't speak. And it's kind of going on everywhere. It's pretty, it's pretty heavy that white people and Christians are allowed to be discriminated against in, in a world of woke tolerance. So 
Mm. This keeps going. All right, let's do some news, Paul. Since you started on that, we can continue here. News is brought to you by EarlyTreatmentMeds.com. Use our code for 10% off. What's going on? So, you know, um, LinkedIn visits, uh, you know, Israel and Palestinian tensions boil. U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken's trip to Israel and the West Bank have been in the works for weeks, but it couldn't come at a more pressing time. Both Palestinian and Israelis have suffered terrible bloodshed in the past few days, and fears are growing that the situation will spiral out of control. This is from um, MSNBC, you know, which is as liberal as it gets, uh, who are as pro-war as it gets, which is irony at its best. Uh, Thursday was the deadliest day for Palestinians, the occupied West Bank for nearly two years followed by a shooting near Jerusalem synagogue Friday night, which Israel has deemed one of its worst terror attacks in recent years. So um, Anthony Blinken and uh, and the, uh, you know, the government, uh, they're, they're colluding. And then minutes later, days later, hours later, from Fox News, Iran suffers drone strike just days after U.S.-Israel launched joint military drill in that region. An explosion on the Iranian military facility Saturday evening, which authorities said was the result of a drone strike, comes just days after the United States-Israel conducted joint military drills in that region. It's pretty convenient how they do drills and then minutes later, it's bombs away. Iran's authorities announced Thursday that the bomb-carrying drones targeted a workshop that operates for the Iranian Ministry of Defense in the central city of uh, Isfahan, causing some damage. The officials did not disclose what factory produces and said that the attack was unsuccessful. One of the drones was hit by the air defense and other two were caught in the defense traps and blew up. Fortunately, the unsuccessful attack did not cause any loss of life and minor damage to the workshop's roof, the Iranian defense officials had said in the statement. Details on the uh, Isfahan attack, which happened at 11.30 p.m. Saturday night, remains scarce. The Iranian defense ministry did not reveal whom it suspected to have carried out the attack that comes after U.S. Central Command, CENTCOM, and Israel Defense Forces conducted a massive military drill in Israel earlier in the week. So, uh, you know, again, the war machine just keeps rolling on. The reports have been additional drone strikes, including the comment from Ilya Mendel, the former spokesman of the, for the Ukrainian President uh, Zelensky, um, Kal Healy, uh, director of I, IRNA in Lebanon, denied these reports. So, um, you know, this is what, you know, I, I would have bet every dollar I have that. You know, Raytheon and the war machine would crank once the uh, coronavirus subsided and the neocon Biden got back in. And uh, here we are. Just the war machine marches on effortlessly. It's uh, you can set your watch to this stuff. My guess would be that Benjamin Netanyahu, and he should, would, would will pretty much tune Anthony Blinken out, as he should, uh, because he's an Obama um, radical holdover who's now back with the Biden administration and just one part of the all the wrong people strategy that we have in this administration to deal with everything around the world. So um, as he should, and I suspect he will, it'll go in one ear and out the other for, um, for Prime Minister Netanyahu, as it should. What yeah, else, Paul? I mean, uh, 
Oh, oh yeah. Um, I'm forgive me. Uh, oh yeah. So uh, Trump sues Bob Woodward, uh, publisher of an interview uh, recordings release. Former President Donald Trump on Monday announced a lawsuit against uh, Bob Woodward, claiming that the, that his publisher released the recordings of interviews without his consent. Trump is seeking forty nine million dollars from Woodward and the publisher Simon Schuster in connection to the release of the recordings in 2019 and 20 interviews. Uh, this case centers on Mr. Woodward's systematic usurpation and manipulation and exploitation of audio of President Trump, his lawyers had wrote. Woodward, a longtime editor and reporter for the Washington Post, we know uh, what a slime organization that is, has published several books on Trump White House, including Rage and Peril, two different books. Uh, so, uh, you know, Trump again fighting back. So we'll see. Yeah, it's, 50, it's million, just, 50 million he sued him for, and good for him. Because Woodward right. is a slimy weasel who told just, him, um, you know, Trump decided he would do these interviews with him, which always kind of, <clears throat> even for Trump, it kind of amazes me that they decide to sit down with these leftist hacks and expect something different than what they always are, which is phony and looking to get you at any reason or any possibility they can, whatever they have to do. If they've got to slime it up, if they have to cheat, steal, lie, whatever it is that they can get you, that's what they do. It always amazes me that they want to sit down with these people. I, I, I don't know what they think the benefit's going to be of it, but good for I him for I, suing a little <clears throat> weasel. You know, and Bob Woodward scolds media <clears throat> colleagues for Trump-Russia coverage, says American public was cheated. Liberal journalist Bob Woodward turns on the mainstream media for failing to properly vet the Trump-Russia collusion narrative, then gets sued by Trump. So uh, is that a, do you think that's him? Trying to like backtrack and try to like, is that is a version of a, an apology? Dig? That's him I'm still a journalist. Yeah, CYA. Yeah, is that, right. You think, so you guys believe that's just him? Him uh, and that other wacko uh, Bernstein that they drag out there on CNN all the time. Yeah. He's, he's, on, he's intellectually on the same level as Biden, that guy. I don't know. I don't know. But I just, uh, good for President Trump. And I don't know where this is going to go. Probably nowhere, if I had to guess. But, uh, but you know what? That's where did he sue him? Do we know? Is it in D.C.? If it's in D.C., forget it. Is it in Florida? Yeah, not really sure. But you know what? This is this is the game they play, right? They, they like to sue everybody. And really, the, the lawsuit, that's the punishment. Whether they win or lose, they don't care. They want you to spend money on lawyers. They want to put you in a position where you have to defend yourself. So, again, this is Trump turning the tables, using their... Um, their strategies, their systems, turn it right around, use it on them, see how they like it. Yeah, it was in Cause, Florida. Because Bob Woodward, Good. I don't think he's got $50 million. So we'll have to see, uh, mm. you know, <laughs> we'll have to see how much he ends up laying out for lawyers and how long they can drag this out. Yeah. Um, all right, we'll do some more news upon in a second. A couple other things I want to get to. Let's get to um, LOL, G. I love this. Um, the Bill Maher one, so we don't have time for it. Okay, ah. very good. All right, so moving on. Um, <laughs> there's a piece today in the Wall Street Journal, speaking of the Fed coming out on Wednesday, and I'm not going to get into the whole thing. You can read it. It's on our social media. The U.S. consumer is starting to freak out, and I would say that this article is probably six months too late because as I've been telling you, I think the U.S. consumer started freaking out a long time ago. And credit card usage was going up a long time ago. Personal savings was going down a long time ago. And people kept saying, oh, no, the, 
Consumers holding up. Consumers holding up. Consumers still has the money that they were airdropped back in 2020 and 21 from the federal government. What do you mean, $1,200? And I'm thinking $1,200 and some maybe $3,000 and two or whatever, three or even if some people got all three, I think it was about $4,600. I'm thinking, what do you mean they still got it two years later? That yeah. was gone in two weeks. Yeah, that doesn't even pay, that doesn't pay for gas for six months. What are you kidding me? So um, I know they I know they just look at these um, consumer spending numbers, but I, I got a feeling the consumer was freaking out a long long before now, as these uh, rates continue now now going to four four point two five and on our way to maybe five at least four fifty, uh, come Wednesday most likely. Uh, car payments, you see what's happened with used cards, you see car delinquencies starting to pile up to a level we haven't seen in a while. Real estate, obviously on the way down, although I don't know that we're going to get the real estate crash that everybody uh, thought we were, but we're certainly getting a um, repricing. But as far as this specific U.S. consumer starting to freak out, I think, they, I think that happened about six months ago. All right, more to do live from Studio 6B. Thirteenth of the hour, live from Studio Six B on a Monday night. Let's do the LOL of the day, G. Bill Maher. I don't know. There's times I really like Maher. I think he's uh, he's he's got a lot more guts than a lot on the left do. Roll that. We all must be aware by now that what buying everything from Amazon does to the environment. But do we stop? No. The verdict is in. Humans are not good people. <laughs> it's, it's just not in us, including me. And I'm tired of living a, well, not a lie, but it's also something I never mention. But it's a new year, and I'd like to come clean. My name is Bill. And I fly private. (laughs) And so does every other person who calls themselves an environmentalist who can. Now enjoy this fun photo collage of some of your favorite stars and politicians who speak about the need to reduce our carbon footprint, but who are always on private planes. That's right, all of them. If you don't see a celebrity's picture here, it's because we weren't allowed to use it. (laughs) (laughs) Or their series got canceled. But all the environmentalists of Hollywood and Washington do it. Their position on climate change is, we must do more to stop pouring carbon into the air, except for me when I want to go somewhere and then I take a private jet. Exactly. It turns out there is one thing in this world that is completely impossible to resist, and this is it. (laughs) It's like heroin. (laughs) 
if, you, if you do it once, you'll never stop. <laughs> uh, all right, time uh, for yeah. sports. And here with that, Slick Rick. What's going on, Slick Rick? All right, Big D. Well, some sad news. U.S. pro skier Kyle Smain killed in Japanese avalanche. This is Lara Gwynn of Breitbart, professional skier. Kyle Smain, 31, died in an avalanche Sunday afternoon in Japan on the eastern slope of Mount Hakuba Norakura, uh, according to multiple sources. Uh, Half-pipe gold medal winner Smain had spent uh, 10 days in Japan on a promotional photo shoot for Icon Pass and Nagano Tourism. The Mountain Gazette reported Smain and uh, another pro skier, uh, a Glacier Washington-based Adam Yu, went for another run down the slopes after they were done working for the day, and that's where they came in contact with the avalanche. It was the last run of the day of our trip. We had no camera gear with us. We were going out for fun. Uh, We heard the crack. We realized it's a big one. We started running, and then we got hit. It was the last run of the day, and, uh, well, unfortunately, uh, they they passed away in that terrible uh, uh, avalanche in Japan that some, I don't know how many meters of uh, snow covered them, but they just couldn't couldn't mm. save them, sadly. So, All right, Slick Rick, uh, we'll do some more sports if we have time. Gee, let's fire up Crazy Town. Joe Biden, king among train conductors. Roll it. <laughs> Joey, baby. Oh, my God. Oh, no. <laughs> Is he wandering on the tracks? Is that why they're haunting? The 46th president of the United States, Joe Biden. (laughs) Look, he loves to say. Anytime I see a train door open, I head for it. (laughs) By the way, I can say it now since I know uh, there's different leadership. I used to about uh, 15% of the time ride with the engineers. Oh, yeah? For real. (laughs) And I'm the only guy that I'm aware of when I stopped riding Amtrak that had a key to get in the back. Oh, oh. So uh, <laughs> you, you can tell your predecessor, he's gone after that. Look, uh, Quasi, uh, Fumi, uh, well said. I, uh, I tell you what, when I get in little trouble, that's the guy I call. Uh, <laughs> there you are, sitting right in that's front. A, that's a joke, folks. As well as Stanny Hoyer, probably uh, one of the best leaders we've ever had. Stanny, you're a hell of a guy. But, for real. I've kids Stenny for years. I've kids Stenny for years. He represents the uh, the western shore of Delaware. Uh, we call the Delmarva Peninsula. We got into the camera. Anyway. Harry so, set up that camera? Years since, uh, oh, you, I didn't know you had seats, man. You ought to sit down. Oh, all the time with this. By the way, I said when I was running for the, in 2020 for the job, I said, everybody take their seat. There were no seats. And the press yeah. said, he is really stupid. Oh, I, I don't dare tell anybody to take a seat unless I see the chairs. But anyway, thank you. Back in Delaware, I'm known for riding Amtrak uh, for being a senator <laughs> all those years. And most of you know that a senator, as a senator, I rode the train between Washington and Wilmington and back and forth every single day that the Senate was in. And they tell me it's about average 217 days a year, about 265 miles a day. I put over a million miles on Amtrak. Yeah, not a joke, including including his vice president. Said for real, not a joke. Amtrak wasn't just a way to get home. The family. I can feel it coming. The engineers, they literally became my family. I used to have a I used to have a summer party at my home in Delaware. Started off with about ten conductors and uh, and, and, uh, with the and engineers ended up with about seventy people. We used to go in the garage. My friend, when I was vice president. Documents. I flew over a million miles on Air Force Two, and I was uh, 
going home as a United States, uh, as vice president, one of the conductors said to me, hey, Joe, big deal, million, whatever, 200, you said, you've, oh, you've traveled over a million miles on Amtrak. How the hell do you know that? Smith. The folks, look, I made a thousand trips through this tunnel. So I've been through this tunnel a thousand times. That's what a thousand I've been means. There. And you've been there too. I also know it's that it's not just ball. Amtrak. I know how important this tunnel is the computer rail, computer rail, commuter rail, <laughs> and mark rail back and forth to Washington. I think I made one of the few guys back in the early 80s. I actually walked into the tunnel with some of the construction work. You ought to get inside and see it. This is a 150 year old tunnel. You wonder how in the hell it's still standing. <laughs> 1.4 million, oh, me, a 1.4 million, 1.4 mile stretch. He rode with, with the tight curves, so the trains the kept to slow to 30 miles an hour. You probably all heard this yeah. already, but it's important. Somehow, we're naming the new tunnel after Frederick know. Douglass, who boarded this train to freedom right here in Baltimore. Oh my God! You know, and it's especially he escaped slavery, he traveled the country by rail, fighting for abolition and civil rights, so that's fitting we honor him in this way. And Joe, Frederick, talk to him. Douglas, look, we have a lot to do. <laughs> These are jobs for folks I used to talk, think about as I took the train home at night, going through the stretches of suburban Maryland, suburban Baltimore, and look out the window, see the flickering lights on people's tables. Not a joke. I used to look at them <laughs> and just light. wonder what their conversations were. Everybody the has lights table, on their the table. dining room table. What were they thinking about? There's much more to say about what we're going to be doing to modernize American Rail. Let me close with this, because if we don't get it by a quarter after, we're all here for the next two hours. Almost. We're the United States of America. There's nothing, nothing, nothing beyond our capacity. We work together. We've never failed to meet an objective. We've set our mind to it. Wow. Let's throw my screen up, G. He's an angry, angry old man. <laughs> Biden keeps repeating a false story about an Amtrak conductor he knew. Well, now he had 70 uh, train conductors at his house for a barbecue. Yeah, he's had him at a barbecue. He drives the train. He rides in the back. He had a key. Yeah. He walked down the tunnel to see how it's made. I got a, I got a whole T-shirt here update just on his Amtrak he's Wolf, life. He's Every Wolfgang time Clark. he lies, he follows with, for real, true story, man. It's like in the movie Rounders where he opens the cookie and he knows he's bluffing. It's every time he says for real or true story, you know it's a BS story. Not a joke. Look. Yeah. Look. <laughs> Look, folks. As a, <laughs> this tunnel's been a tunnel for 150 years. As always, we salute our it's military, active and active second. police, firefighters, first responders. Look, EMTs, everybody on the front lines. Uh, thanks, guys, on the show. Thanks, G. Thanks, Fran. Most of all, thank you to Live from Studio 6B Audience. We'll see you tomorrow night, 8 p.m. right here, live from Studio 6B. Look. <laughs> <laughs>